With so many television shows in circulation since it was first conceived back in 1927, it only makes sense that with society evolving every single day, public opinions changing over the years, etc., every now and again, an episode of one of your favorite shows might end up being pulled from the air due to a number of reasons. This could be a combination of viewer complaints, executive meddling, real-world events, uh, talent who get involved in controversies and stuff, but a lot of the time these bans make sense and don't draw the ire of the public, it's for their benefit. Like the Censored Eleven cartoons I spoke about in a previous episode, for example, or one of my favorite shows uh, had two episodes banned due to overly risque content on uh, Rocco's Modern Life. But in 2005, an episode ban of a children's show got a lot of blowback from viewers and proved to be one of the more controversial bans in recent history. So today, on the Media Well, we're going to quickly discuss PBS's uh, spin-off show, Postcards from Busters, 33rd episode in Season 1 titled Sugar Time. What was so controversial about this kid show that constituted a ban? And what has changed since the ban occurred? Please join me today for a brief look at Sugar Time. Postcards from Buster was the spin-off of one of the most successful children's programs in history, Arthur, which began airing on PBS in 1996. This was produced by the Cookie Jar Group, now Wild Brain, and Mark Brown Studios. For anybody who isn't familiar, Buster, in the show, would travel the world with his dad, and it was a mixture of animation and live-action interviews with real families talking about their daily lives. And they would display all kinds of diversity, whether cultural, socioeconomical, and so on, to broaden the viewer's perspective at a younger age. I actually remember very much enjoying the show. I think I was in fourth grade when it began airing, or something like that. January of 2005, the episode Sugar Time would take place in Heinsburg, Vermont, during what they call Sugar Time season. Uh, Buster would go and sample some maple syrup, learn how to milk a cow, join the family for a bonfire. It sounds like some wholesome fun, right? Well, even before the episode aired in the first place, apparently the U.S. Department of Education didn't think so. The problem wasn't the episode concept itself, but the family that was involved. You see, Vermont, back in 2005, was one of the very few states at the time that recognized same-sex civil unions. So, the children featured in the show had two moms. Buster says, wow, uh, and I'm quoting here, that's a lot of moms. Then it's never referred to again in the episode. It just goes on as normal. There obviously was an ongoing discussion between PBS and the Department of Education. And then, unfortunately, eventually PBS had 350 of their stations ban the episode strictly due to not wanting to display the lifestyle. Um, uh, so a spokesperson said, quote, The conversation is best left for parents and children to address together at a time and manner of their own choosing. And that, quote, the presence of a couple headed by two mothers would not be appropriate curricular purpose that PBS should provide, end quote. Yeah, again, that was a spokesperson from PBS regarding the ban. Now, needless to say, that's really messed up. You know, 2005 
that was not a long time ago. And it's wild to think that something as small as this would have driven so much vitriol to the point of an outright ban. You know, LGBTQ representation has been on the airwaves for so many years by this point. But in the worlds of, like, the world, like, the realm of children's entertainment, it was all but unheard of. And this was certainly the first time on PBS. So, I guess the Department of Education thought this was crossing a line of sorts. And uh, the Secretary of Education, Margaret Spellings, agreed in an open letter criticizing the episode, saying, quote, Many parents would not want their children exposed to the lifestyle portrayed in the episode. Congress and the Department's purpose in funding this programming certainly was not to introduce this kind of subject matter to children. So, rightfully so, LGBTQ groups, as well as Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting, otherwise known as FAIR, held issue with the criticism by Margaret Spelling and the explanation given by PBS, claiming that it was a uh, that they were violating the terms of its educational department grant, calling what PBS did an act of political pandering and asking people to contact PBS, calling them on to, quote, support programming according to their mandate, not political pressures. So, from what I've read, after this whole situation, PBS, some PBS stations disregarded the ban and chose to air the episode independently, specifically in New York, Los Angeles, Dallas-Fort Worth, and Boston, WGBH, um, they would still go ahead and air the episode without the support of PBS or the Department of Education. It was aired one time in March of 2005, and then it was considered lost media until it was released on DVD and VHS in 2010. Obviously, with my 2022 glasses on, we can plainly see that this was discriminatory and inappropriate to ban the episode for these reasons. Like, as much as I want to say a ban like this wouldn't occur nowadays. You know, Arthur, Mark Brown Studios again, aired an episode in 2019 where Mr. Ratburn is revealed to be marrying his partner, who is a man. And even that episode was banned by Alabama broadcasters, right? You know, so I guess some people will just never change. You know, Carol Greenwood, who was the executive producer on Postcards from Buster, has said that all they want to do was showcase the different kinds of kids and the different kinds of families that they came from, and the decision to pull the episode was due to Margaret Spelling trying to prove her, quote, conservative credentials. So, I don't know. Sugar Time is widely recognized as one of the earliest moments of LGBTQ representation in children's television, along with Superman, the animated series, and Gargoyles. So, to me, this is historical, and I'm glad that Mark Brown and that episode have this legacy. I like to think, as an avid watcher and lover of children's educational media, you know, I watched Arthur during the pandemic because it was so nostalgic and comforting, and it's a good show. It's genuinely really good. I don't know how I feel about them switching to, um, like, flash animation. I thought that was a little jarring, but whatever. I think we've come a long way you know, with LGBTQ representation in children's media. Shows like Steven Universe and Adventure Time on Cartoon Network were very mainstream and um, popular and had open representation as far as that goes. And 
I think I've made my opinions about the ban and sugar time and all of this very evident throughout the course of the episode, so I apologize, but, you know, I just wanted to point out that I think that the people at those independent PBS stations uh, that kind of, you know, gave the double birds to PBS and the Department of Education and aired the episode without their support anyway back in 2005 was fucking badass. <laughs> and people like that help move the needle forward as far as representation goes, I would think. So hopefully that kind of representation keeps coming. But anyways, thank you very much for listening to my episode uh, about the Postcards from Buster episode, Sugar Time, Once Lost, Now Found, and a piece of historical LGBTQ representation in children's media. Let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, Rate the podcast if you think I've done a good job summarizing here. Uh, I got a lot of my information from the Lost Media Wiki and a video by a user called L Supersonic Q on YouTube. So uh, they put up like a five-minute video summarizing everything, so definitely go check it out. Very good stuff. And uh, I hope everybody's having a good week. Please take care of yourselves, and join me next time on the Media Well.